People are like, are you an influencer or a content creator? I do so many things now, but I enjoy every second of it. I guess the connotation is that, or the insinuation is probably the better word, is that influencers a lot of time are vapid and shallow, and most of them buy followers. Most people, clip this, most people on the internet buy followers, and there's two types of followers. There's followers that are just like followers, and then there's engagement followers, but they can't do both functions. If you ever want to know if someone's buying followers, just look at their follower count to their views, and that'll tell you. Because here's the thing with what, like, what I'm doing, and what you're doing. Everyone can technically do it and does it in some form, but it doesn't mean that it'll yield the same results, right? Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 53 features Zach Bell, the world-famous veteran with a sign. He's a husband, a father, a Marine, a writer, a content creator, and a strong advocate for our community being better together. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. Uh, Zachary Bell, Zach Bell, veteran of the sign. Welcome to Veteran Made. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Great to uh, great to finally connect. Great to, uh, to to meet you, and I'm excited to to chat through some things. For those that don't know, I would imagine that most people do know uh, who you are. Though I would love it if you could just give us a bit of a primer um, on kind of on on who you are and, and where you served. This this isn't really a service story podcast. This is more about the kind of transition out. So. Um, mm -hmm. I want to I want to jump right into those things. Uh, I have some questions to start, but just to give us a primer, if, if you don't mind giving us the quick and dirty on you, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, sure. Zachary Bell was in the Marine Corps from 2007 to 11. Uh, deployed twice to Afghanistan in uh, once Marja no wait Garmsher in 2008 and then Marja in 2009 to 10. And um, during that time, I was also married and had two wife and two kids and. Now I'm a professional advertiser. So yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happened in between, but that's that's a real primer of like Yeah, no where I am now, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, I'm I, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that last part because I, I do I, I have some kind of specific questions on that front in terms of uh -huh. of you know advertising and, and content creating and, and and being an influencer, so to speak. Um, uh -huh. and, and you were kind of thrust into the into the uh into that it wasn't necessarily something that you that you wanted to do or asked to do but before that i do want to get into i've heard you talk before about mm -hmm. your transition out of the military and into some more corporate environments um mm -hmm. and some of the kind of challenges that you've had there can you can you tell us exactly what it was like for you to transition out of the marine corps and go into some of those environments um yeah i mean i, I think a lot of this has you have, you have to take into context the time and the date this was, I mean, the first six months I got out of the Marine Corps, I passed on a reenlistment offer. You know, most people don't know. You're not everyone. Most people outside the military don't know that not everyone gets asked to reenlist. You have to either ask or you get asked. And I actually got asked, you know, and it's, it's fine. There's plenty of better people than me have been had that. But I passed on that. I passed on a bonus and I was in a really good position at the time and I couldn't get a job for like six months and I was looking every single day actually um and the 
I even applied for a job at a security at a hotel in Nashville. And uh, they said I wasn't qualified for it. So, and I had kind of like a pretty epic meltdown. Did you, um, what was that conversation like with them? Or is that something that you, that you kind of took, took home? I mean, like I went in there and I did my, I did my little rap, you know, like I did my, you know, I hit the beats and it was, uh, you know, I mean, prior to that, I had been leading troops in Afghanistan in a patrol base. I had been promoted meritoriously. You know, I was a squad leader. I had 12 people that reported to me, you know, so I was like, you know, I can handle drunk people. I can handle like security operations, um, you call 911 evacuations. You know, the, the hard stuff of that is really just like understanding like codes of like fire safety regulations, but that's, that's all stuff you can learn. Um, and uh, I was remember I was sitting at the desk and I was like, so how'd I do? And she's like, oh, like this very nice young lady. Well, like I regret to inform you that you're not qualified for the position. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not qualified for the position. And she goes, you just don't have any relevant experience. And when she said that, it just like hit me like right here. And I was like, relevant experience. And I was like, six months ago, I was in Afghanistan. I was leading troops in the war. I had 12 people reporting to me. Do you have people reporting to you? And she's like, no. I was like, so why am I here? And like, I just, I just had like this huge meltdown. Um, and you know, went back in my car and I called my wife and, uh, we were, we were living with my mother-in-law at the time. And, uh, that was like, there's, there's like all these like weird things. Like I had done all these things. I was like on a path for success and like, then all these, like, and I wasn't just on a path for success. I was successful. And then I get out and like, I'm living with my in-laws I've got a wife and two kids, nothing's working. And I can't even get a job doing the thing that I didn't even want to do. It was just like, this is a last ditch effort. So. So what did you do? What did you do next? Where did you find some environments that, that you were able to, to fit into? Um, or at least initially. After that, I broke, I broke my idea of self. And so like what that I'm trying to say is like, I went back to like my core um, prior to, going in the military, I, I, st I got a job in a hospital I worked in like an outpatient surgery center for a year. And, um, I'd always liked healthcare. So I was like, I'll just go back to healthcare. Like I'll just, you know, hospitals are like cities and there's always jobs. There's always opportunities. You just got to find it. You just have to look around like turnover is pretty high. It was just like, okay. And so I applied for a job. And um, being a medical receptionist at a children's hospital here in Nashville. And uh, I got hired on the night shift. Um, I wanted to be like a nurse. They called it like a care partner at the time. I think that's what they still call it. But it was like a nurse tech person, like help. Because at that time, I was thinking about going into like um, nursing to do something like, um, like life flight. Like Vanderbilt has life flight. And I wanted to be like a nurse practitioner. And that seemed like it would hit all my like buckets of like dangerous, helpful, you know, adrenaline. I was like, tick, 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 like that'll hit. Like, it can't just be helpful. It's gotta be like uh, dangerous. It can't just be dangerous, it's gotta be helpful. You know, I had to yeah. get all those ducats. And uh, I did that for two and a half, three years. No, three years, I worked night shift. So I would go to college during the day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Some days I had labs and I would go to college from like eight to 12. I would sleep in my car. And then I would drive. So Monday I would 
Yeah. Um, Monday I would, uh, then I would drive to uh, the hospital, work that night, and then the next day I was off, and then I would start all over again. I did that for three years. So, and that was like and my then, first job, and that like got yeah. me health insurance stuff for my family, and you know the VA benefits weren't even good. I mean, as they are now, like all those different things have changed. You know, I couldn't get, I could not get a home that didn't have any, I didn't have any credit, but I didn't have any debt because I didn't go into debt when I was in the military, unlike everyone else I knew. So, like all these things I, I had done to like make me successful, like basically ended up being hindrance afterwards. Yeah, it's something that's something that that kind of often happens, which is odd because we have there's so much infrastructure for us in the military. Um, and then there's, you know, if you're, if you're smart, like, like, like you were, and, yeah. and I actually was in, in this way, I didn't, ha- I didn't get a credit card when I was in the military. So you never had any of those things. So you get out and, you know, you buy a car, or you can buy a house, you got to, you know, get rent, rent an apartment or something like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, I don't actually have any of the things the military, military actually provided a little bit too much for me in that regard. Well, when you think about it, it's a, it's a horrible system. I don't, I don't believe in the credit system. Now that does our economy right now, because you get a better <laughs> interest rate if you have a lower credit score, but in general, the concept doesn't make much sense. So in order to accrue more debt, you have to already shown that you can have debt. That doesn't make sense to me as an individual. Um, if anything, me raising it, like doing all the things I had done without debt is more impressive than taking on debt. Uh, but they didn't care. So I went to Best Buy. I bought a TV that I think we just threw away. Um, because like it just busted, like a few things busted when we moved. Yeah. And um, I bought that and then I paid it off. And I remember every time I did it, I was just seething that like this is the process that had to happen. But, you know, those are the things that happened. And so I did that for a few years and then I got a bachelor's. And then I went and uh, someone was like, hey, you should look at grad school. And I was like, okay, I'll look at grad school. And so I got into grad school and I got my MBA. And from there, I had started working at it. I'd left the hospital job and started working at for-profit and nonprofit healthcare organizations after that. Did you, um, did you still kind of have, have that, that passion for healthcare or was that just the environment that you were in? Um, and so that's where you, that's kind of where you fit. Was it something that you were, as you were getting your MBA and pursuing these things, were you, were you fulfilled and happy about those things? It's a really good question. Um, no, is the short answer. Um, I mean, so Nashville is the healthcare capital of the nation. Um, there is one company. It's uh, it's HCA. They own more hospitals than any organization in the world. And the best way to think about them is like they're at the top, and everything else that you've seen in mainstream healthcare is literally because someone did it at one of their hospitals or a company they own. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of opportunity. Like when you look at it objectively, like as like um, a situational, um, like a SWOT analysis, basically of like strength, weaknesses, opportunities. Um, you either like work at the big company. So what people do a lot of times is they like put some time in HCA, and then they take that around and to like other companies, and they hop back and then they go back and forth. It's you know it's very. You're, it's a very dynamic industry. Um, but for me personally, I liked the bedside stuff more. I like being in facility in hospitals more. Um, but you can't 
really get promoted as quickly. And so you have to, you have to really, you have to go corporate. It's like anything else, like anything else in life. If you're a cop, you can't be on the street. If you're military, you can't, you know, be conducting missions. Like, and it's, to be honest, that sucks. There's only one thing I've heard that doesn't do this. I heard this from a friend of mine who was in the, I think it was a British Marines, maybe it's a British military as a whole. It doesn't matter. But he told me that you could spend your whole career doing the job that you wanted. So like you could be like a, a rifleman, a point man, a team leader for like 20 years, and you could even stay at the unit you were at. And I was like, that's legit. Like, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. But, you know, that's that was the industry I was in. And so it was fun. It's just very, I mean, it's very, very corporatized. Um, but like when you're in hospitals and stuff, like you get to see so much stuff and you're exposed to so many different, different things and like, it's such a dynamic environment that I really found it intoxicating the controlled chaos of working in a facility. Like it's, it's the best. Everyone hates working. At, it's just like anything else. Like it's like your first enlistment. People hate like working in a facility. Um, when they're doing it, they're like, Oh, it sucks. And then when they leave, they're like, Oh, I miss it because yeah, it's the, it's so like happening. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I work I work in advertising um, on the advertising agency side of things. And I've actually just recently gone freelance. And one of the reasons I've gone freelance is because I had worked my way up at, mm -hmm. at an ad agency where I became the executive producer and the head of production. And I was running a team of people that were actually producing the work. Whereas what I want to do is actually produce the work, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I've now kind of had this opportunity to go freelance and get the rate and get the kind of opportunities from a financial standpoint that that are that are good and beneficial. Although you, you have to hunt for these opportunities in 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 ways that you don't if you're working full time somewhere. But it allows me the freedom to kind of scale up and scale down as necessary to get in and actually do that work. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's the same. I was in the I was in the Air Force and we were on. I was on the flight line. I loaded uh, weapons on on fighters. And so it's the same thing, right? Like if you're working your way up as a loader or a crew chief or an avionics troop or whatever it might be, you work your way up to expediter and you're not actually loading the bombs anymore. And then you work your way up to pro super and then you're not actually expediting the, your discipline. You're, you're, you're supervising all the disciplines and, you know, it's obviously important jobs to get the birds in the air and all that. But it's like you, at some point in the military and it's true on the civilian side of things as well, at some point you stop doing the job that you actually want to do and have the mm -hmm. impact directly that you want to have. And it's, it could be a tough thing for I think transitioning service members to to realize, and it can be a um, a difficult thing for 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 people to deal with. Well, and I think my thing is, I wanted to do I wanted to do something so much, like I wanted to be in the Marines forever. I could have I I could have done it forever. I, I literally could have, but it was just the trade off of of uh the tax on my family on my body my, my soul I, I don't know what it is um i just couldn't do that anymore and so when i found something these like jobs that i, I was i remember being like just just promote me here like was my main thing like i was working in a healthcare facility i actually got hired at a healthcare facility to do their head i became their head of their director of security and it was it was outsourced and um, I eventually like was able to turn this hospital around. It was one of their most dangerous to like one of their most safest. And I did like little things. It wasn't, it's, it's real 360 moment. Like I went from being told I wasn't qualified to it to like, I solved one of their biggest uh, shrinkage cases. That's what they call theft in corporate America for anyone who doesn't know. Um, 
people were stealing cell phones and they couldn't figure it out. They're like, where are they? And because um, uh, the whole theory was that the cell phones only worked in the facility. And I was like, why are they stolen? Well, across the street from the place, there was a, a little trade-in machine called like Eco whatever. And they're like 200 a pop for cell phones. And there were people just like walking out of the hospital, like putting cell phones in. But um, I, d- I wanted to stay there, but I had to, I had to go up to corporate America. Is, is what I'm trying to say. So like, I did all these things. Like, it's very visceral. Like, you're, you're, fr- I, I really felt like I was on the front lines again. That's what it was. Um, and so, but you can't, I mean, even my COO, the CEO, they're like, you just, you have to go, you got to go to corporate. And, um, you know, it was fun. It's very rewarding, but like that, that dance and you know, of corporate America is just kind of, uh, I don't know. I wish I enjoyed it more is probably the nicest way to say it. But I, I just, you know, I used to get really mad and be like, why do you guys like this so much? And now my, now my position is that like, I wish I had the ability to enjoy um, that type of environment more because life would be a lot more easier. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's a good way to say it because they're I'm trying not to be are, like negative. Does that make sense? I, yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I, I hear you, man. Same thing. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I just, you know, I, I left the agency that I was with and, you know, it's not to, you don't want to denigrate the people that are still there. You don't want to denigrate people that are working in those environments, but just everybody's different. Everybody has a different approach. Yeah. Everybody has a different style. Everybody has a different This isn't a Navy SEAL podcast where we like promote leadership and none of us have had real jobs. Whoops. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Neither, yeah. neither of us have shot bin Laden in the face. So, you know, we're, we're qualified to, uh, to, to talk about this, but I, I think that's honestly a good transition to, to talk about the, the, what you've obviously discovered mm-hmm. that you're very, very good at, which is, mm-hmm. which is, being, I don't know what you call yourself. Do you call yourself a content creator or influencer? Like, is, are those terms negative in your mind? I mean, I don't know. It's, um, it's, you know what, it's kind of, it's kind of like the thing people are like, are you an influencer or content creator? Someone did ask me that recently. And I was like, yeah, I, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But like, that's just one, it's one of the things that I do. I mean, I do so many things now, but I enjoy every second of it. Um, I mean, I, I guess the connotation is that, or the insinuation is probably the better word, is that you know influencers a lot of time are, are vapid, is probably like as a whole and shallow, and most of them buy followers. Actually, most people <laughs> clip this. Most people on the internet buy followers, and there's two types of followers. There's there's followers that are just like followers, and then there's engagement followers, but they can't do both functions. So. And if you ever want to know if someone's buying followers, just look at their follower count to their views, and that'll tell you. Um, so that's that's what people are like, kind of trying to. Because here's the thing with what, like what I'm doing and what you're doing: everyone can technically do it and does it in some form, but it doesn't mean that it'll yield the same results, right? And so, um, for me, during all this time of pre-COVID and post, my my biggest, my biggest creative outlet has always been writing. And so when I was first um, getting out, a good friend of mine who still works at the New York Times, we served together, his name's Thomas Mitchell Gibbonsneff, and he's one of the best people I've ever known. And um, he encouraged me when he was at Georgetown. He's like, you should start writing. And I was like, nah, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, no, you should do it. And so I did. So I started writing and um, he's like, well, I'm what, 
Well, could I, do you mind if I press pause there for a second? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of writing did he encourage you to do? And then what kind of writing did you do? Was this like personal essay? Was this flash fiction? Like, what were you doing? That's a good question. Um, I had just started putting stuff together. I don't know. I just like started really, really personal essay. It's, it's kind of like free form. It's almost like scat, if I'm being honest. Like it's, I have this real like presentorial, like not presentorial, like pastoral uh, style of speaking. And it's from like being raised in the South and seeing like people um, preach a lot. And I gained, a, I garnered a real respect for um, that presentation style because like, it, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about religion, but like the aspect of like, anyone who is conveying a message about the Bible, like in itself, it's kind of a boring thing. And so like, there's a lot of thinking that has to be involved. And so you have to present it in a way that's most palatable and consumable. And so a lot of stuff I do is really kind of like show don't, like show don't tell stuff. And I try, I try to get there. I'm not that good at it. My editor really hates me, but um, like a friend of mine helps me like edit my stuff. Like, Dan, I, who I love dearly, um, but like I just started like writing like moments in my life and like thoughts that I had or different things that had transpired, and like he just told me to start writing, and it's what he said to me: just start writing, just start writing. Because we were talking, we were catching up on like an anniversary, and he had encouraged me to start writing, and so I did because I'd read something of his, and I was really moved by it, and. Um, you know, he was the one who told me, he's like, if you can, if you can write the way you talk, I think, I think you might have something. And I was like, okay. And, um, I started writing and I, I did like some stuff in the Tennessean, which is like a local USA Today outlet, I believe. And then went from there to like Fox News, to like the Huffington Post. And then one day he's like, you should, you should submit your stuff to the New York Times. And I was like, that's stupid. He's like, he's like, well, that's the secret. You just submit it, <laughs> and then if they like it, they'll put it in there. And I was like, okay, and they did, and they did it a few times. And um, and my most the last one I did was like in 2018. So I don't know, I put like four or five in there, I think. So yeah, I I think that's the the spirit behind behind your approach. I think is interesting because. And for those that don't know, like you, you didn't actually seek this out, right? Like you, no. you didn't hold up this sign as a way to be like, Hey, let me get a bunch of followers and get a bunch of sponsorships and sell a bunch of, of widgets. Like you and your wife had this conversation after, you know, the, the Afghanistan sure. withdrawal. Yeah. And you're like, uh, yeah. Oh shit. 15,000 people are all of a sudden following me. And then, it's you know, you know that yeah. <laughs> two, three, yeah. Yeah. I do my research, you know, but yeah. like two, three yeah. years before, before yeah. then, like, you know, you're, you're writing, but you're submitting even reluctantly, right? So it's well. I mean, tying it back to something scary. writing scary, writing scary, especially when you talk about yourself. Like you're giving a piece of yourself away, um, and then like it, it's never not dawned on me the reality of like what was happening. Like I was just like, dude, this is the New York Times. This is crazy, and like he didn't grease the skids or anything. That's not he can't even do that. They won't even look at it. Like it is, you know, people can say what they want about like media and stuff, and there is something you said for clickbait, but like. This was not the area of the media that I was in. I was just in this section. It was called the the what was it called? Is it the Times at War? Is that was, was the was at Laura, War? Yes, yes. Yeah. So was Laura the editor? 
Yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a friend. No, yeah. No, she's she and like it's such a bummer to see like that is not there anymore. Yeah. I couldn't argue more for like it being brought back and like you know TM was there. Um, Chris Chivers himself like actually brought it back in a second version where Lauren was put on as the editor and like I don't want to talk too much about that, but like literally like basically forced the New York times to do it is the nicest is I can say that he might be mad. I don't care. But like, he's like, this is important. We need to do it. You're doing it. And so a Pulitzer prize winning multiple Pulitzer prizes, I believe um, author like sat down and talked to me and was like, you should do this. And so he, um, I I, I took that. And so, you know, jump cut into COVID I'm trapped in my house not really know what to do. And me and my wife were just, I will tell, I will tell that story, but me and my wife were um, sitting around and I was like, Hey, I've got this idea. And um, COVID was awesome for me and my family, by the way, it was, it was incredible. I'll never minimize mine that. too. Yeah. I know it was hard yep. for people, but I'm not going to minimize the fact that it was the first time ever that I had spent more time with my family than ever. 90 days, me, my wife, and my daughters, we built a fort downstairs. It, it was awesome. It was awesome. My daughter was born um, like a month before everything shut down. And Incredible. so when my wife was on maternity leave and I was working remotely at the agency that I was working at, uh, we worked from home. I worked from home. She was on maternity leave. And then we went to my mother-in-law's house and so we were all just together. Sounds and it was awesome. like, yeah, it was great. And yeah. Again, not minimizing other people's experiences either. You know all of that, but yeah, but, but like us, you could, I think we should be allowed to say they're like, oh, it was bad. Like, dude, everything's bad. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. but like it was incredible because like it made my it made my focus shift. Like, I really did shift because like for so long there's this idea, and it's, I don't know if it's in American culture or the world, but if you focus on the career and the position that you have, eventually the um, results will be that you'll have a life that you want to give your family, right? And so if I focus on that, I'll get that. When I shifted my focus to my being with my family, I then found that the life I wanted to give them came instead. Um, so by making them the focus, everything kind of everything changed. Um, and uh, you know, I was when that thought hit me, I was like, I just want to be with them as much as I can. I mean, they're growing up, both of them are you know teenage young ladies now. And uh, they're still, they're my best friends in the world. All three of them. I love every second I get to spend with my wife and my children. Um, like they're my purpose. They're my anchor and they're the best part of me. And so when I started doing this, I was just like, literally like I was in my outfit. I am now, which I'm, it's not a branding thing. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's my gym outfit. I got out of the Marine Corps and I had a, had a bunch of skivvy shirts and like, I don't like the idea of like getting dressed too much to go to the gym. Um, and people do that now. And so like, I'm just like, okay, I'll just get dressed and I'll do this real quick. And I'm like, no, I'll just wear the same thing every day. It's easy to wash and it's, I know what it is. And so I just made this first sign and I held it up and I was like, we took a photo of me and my wife was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, that's fair. And so uh, I did it in March. I asked the, the late young lady used to cut my hair. I was like, will you cut, will you just take a photo of me? And she's like, yeah, sure. It's fine. And then I just, that was it. 
there's there was no more thoughts about it other than that. Other than like the, what to name it. other than the message, well, yeah, yeah, the message on that first one, right? Yeah, so um, it was uh, drink water, take Motrin, change your socks. Yeah, yeah. So it's what um, the idea was something that you just when you told your wife, you said, "I had an idea." Like, where yeah. did where do you think the idea came from? Number one, and then just number two, at, did you have? I was looking at internet behavior. That was a lot of it. Yeah. Just like thinking that this could potentially be something that you could do as uh, as like a hobby or that you could eventually monetize it. Were you thinking anything along those lines? I wanted to make a better veteran online. I wanted, I wanted, when people, so this actually stemmed from my experience in corporate America was that I moving around with my tattoos, which they're, there's more filled in now, but it was still like a, a three quarters of a sleeve. Then um, the way people were interacting with me with like suits and ties and pocket squares. And I was very tame. I was in like leadership positions. Like I knew that they were treating the rest of us differently, the rest of the community differently. Cause I'm, I'm very reserved, honestly. Like I don't, I don't, you know, especially in that world, like it's not something I would talk about. Um, just because I just don't want to, um, because there's so many connotations that came with it, and so that's that's really what I was trying to break. And so then when I saw in COVID, when everyone was hyper focused on the, being online and everything else, I was like, dude, I kind of hate. This is what when people say, bro veteran or bro vet, or is this what they're talking about? And like, yeah, they're talking about this. And then on top of that, we're killing ourselves at a, like a never-ending rate. And so I was just like, dude, this just like has to stop. So like the idea was that maybe I can say something on cardboard. And then on top of that, maybe I can challenge our community to be a little bit better. And in doing so, it'll hold me to a higher standard as well. It's just like me tricking everyone to go to counseling with me. Um, well, I think I think that's the key right like i think part, part of the problem tends to be when 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 somebody you know me you anybody sits on this side of a camera and tells other people what to do as if they're in a position of of personal or professional authority but when you make yourself a part of that story genuinely with real humility where you're like hey i'm noticing this about our community and mm -hmm. therefore i want to do my part and also you know contribute but then also inspire and kind of bring along like that 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 authenticity shines through uh, in a way that the the um, you know the telling people what to do and how to be better uh, from on high doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of like influencers doing a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm I had I had um, an an austere uh, childhood. It's just, to say the least. It was dynamic at its core. And so I'm very weary of anyone who wants to teach me stuff or like mentor me and stuff. And like, I've noticed in general, people are like lost as a, as a society. Um, people are like looking for something. And so like, I see a lot of these like influence people, especially veterans who are like, I don't want to talk too much about it, but like they're, they're like taking people to these like leadership courses and stuff. And like, my only first thought is, Hey man, have you ever had a job in corporate America? And almost all of them haven't. So 
take it with a grain of salt. They can definitely teach you stuff, but like, I, I just find it to be like precarious um, that subject matter experts lately don't have any experience. So, um, and all that to say is like, I'm, I'm by no means like good or bad or, or even okay what I'm doing now, but like, I don't know anyone else who, who's, I shouldn't say that. There are very few people I know who have had the experience of like working in the corporate world and then life afterwards and stuff. And that is important because that is the way most people will make a living. Um, I could stop all this tomorrow. It's how I would make a living, but like, it's hard to make that transition when like, there's no one else like you. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely does. And you're, you're, so that's the thesis of, of my project of this podcast is to find other people that are like each other so that we can have these conversations. So that it's, it is a repository of content and anecdotes for other people to listen to, whether it's other flight line people like myself or special operators or infantry or what, what have you. There's AVs enough special operators to go around. For, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is, They're which so is why cool. like, one of the core things for me is like, yeah, I'll interview some of those guys, but it's not going to be the majority of it. Cause that's, you know, that's kind of like low hanging fruit. Right. But the, the, the idea is how do we get together, share stories with each other about wins, about losses, about, about things that have gone well, about things that haven't gone well, about things that are difficult, about things that are difficult that most people don't want to talk about because we talk so much about mental health in our community as we absolutely should, but we don't actually talk about like professional health and work-life integration and, and well, figuring yeah. out how we do these things together. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, most people don't have, like, a real job. Like, mo I mean, like, most veterans in general don't have, like, when I say real job, I mean, like, a corporate suit and tie job. The majority of my friends don't, it, myself included, no, no longer, but don't go into, like, a very um, tame corporate environment. So, like, even when I was looking around, that's part of the reason I, I, I didn't like the healthcare industry so much, too, when I was there is – when you're in these positions at these companies, most companies have built into their bylaws that they can only pay you on average. I think it's like 8%. Um, if you like are the janitor and you become a VP, you can only get an 8% raise. I can't remember what the rule, but there's always rules like that. So you have to leave companies in order to make more money. And then you can come back to your old company and actually make the money you should have made. Right. So it's, it's, so every, and you know, this, especially in PR, um, like every two years, you're like, like a politician, you have to switch companies. And it, yep. it was exhausting, like going to like these, these um, Phoenix meetings or like, you know, Nashville healthcare administration, like what, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to name any of them. I can't remember their names, but they're all names like that. Like, um, you know, directors in Nashville and you're like there and you're like, Hey, what's up? My name's Zach. And this is what I do. And you like pass out your card. You're just doing that all the time. And so like just understanding how to na navigate that there's, I was the only veteran in there or like there's a West point kid who like, I don't want to hear his stories. <laughs> and like, and like, it's nothing against him, but like, bro, a congressman sent you to college. Like we're not the same. Like I, <laughs> I had to climb up a mountain. So um uh, yeah, yeah. Cl clipping that one for sure so yeah. what um what uh what so how do you define your your mission i want to start broad and then i have yeah. some specific tactical questions for you but broadly speaking what do you view as your mission right now in 2023 um with with veteran with a sign uh expansion expansion of the mission 
So expansion in conversation, expansion in audience, expansion in platform. And um, I'm really trying to, I'm trying to be, instead of an inch deep and mile wide, I want to be a mile wide, a mile deep and everything. Like, I'm, you know, um, growth, um, growth has never really been my concern. I have found that if you make content, growth follows. But if you chase growth, content doesn't follow. And that's a, probably the best way I can say it. Like, if you, there are only like five things you can really do for growth and, and likes and stuff, and I'm not willing to do them. You can like show your kids off, no, or you know, you can like do pranks, which aren't pranks, or you can like buy a pet, and I'm not doing any of that. Um, there's like gimmicks, but like for me, what is this? I think I'm getting being hacked. Um, but like ex- expansion is like an expansion to long form, expansion into um, really providing the community with more legitimate resources. And more, um, and resources aren't just organizations. There's stuff like this podcast, like you're talking about, like having, you know, content that's available, messaging, reference points, like stuff people can go back to and understand, like what's happening. Does that make sense? No, 100% makes sense. What, um, I'd, I'd love to double click a little bit more on what you said about, about, um, not chasing growth. Cause I, yeah. I, that's just something that people it's people don't know that no disrespect to the people that don't know that, but people don't know that. And it's very easy to get caught up in the idea of chasing mm-hmm. growth and thinking that content will follow. Mm-hmm. Why does it, and why does, why does real good authentic content not follow when you're chasing growth? Because, if, because you don't, you don't have followers. You just, you just have people that kind of like something like they're not, like if you're able to build like a really good brand or a really good following, like those people become disciples. Like of you, everything I have now is because people have shared stuff and they've like believed in the mission. And it's not because of me; it's like literally because of them. And uh, like, if you don't have good content to support it, like nothing works. That's all there is to it. Um, and like, it's very artificial. Yeah, I think people tend to tend to think when they're chasing growth, they're like, all right, how do I make content that I think people will like instead of making the content that, that they personally like, find yeah. meaningful and something that they are actually sharing from from the heart and from the mind? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's transparent. That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. See it, in your, and you, you know what it is? It's like five minute crafts. That's what it is. When you're doing stuff, it's just like, well, what is that? And you're just like, huh, it doesn't make sense. But it's just a bunch of stuff like that. When I think about content now, and when I talk about expansion, what I mean is that, like, I'm in a place now where, like, content's also like a machine that you can't feed it. Now, if I stop making stuff right now, I have at least two years of stuff on my phone saved. But that's because I have a real famine mentality, and I'm crazy. But, like... That's from actively and ga- passively gathering content throughout the days and weeks or whatever. Um, but like this past week, I was I was really really upset. I was beyond upset. Um, it was the anniversary of my friend who killed himself, um, and um, when that happened, it was the worst three weeks of my life. 
I had been hospitalized for internal bleeding. Um, it's, I have some type of post-military service, I have some type of like real weakness. There's a few things they think it's either like a slow leak or it's like ibuprofen and that causes my stomach to bleed and like it's just full of blood and I got hospitalized for that. Uh, that same week I got laid off from that healthcare job I was at. And then he, he checked out and like I, that was in 2020. I, I mean, I did not think I was going to be able to get up. I didn't want to get up for a while. Um, I don't know. Um, and it was just, you know, and it was when I was, I, you know, I, I, I was just stuck in that moment. And so last week I was, I was really stuck in that moment again. And like, I've done a lot of things since then because, you know, when I got out in 2011, I had problems, but I had, you know, I had bills. You can take care of problems later, dog. You know what I mean? Like you got a wife and two kids. You can talk about your feelings some other time. And, um, that is not healthy. I do not endorse it. <laughs> I do not think it is what people should do, but, and I wish I hadn't honestly. Um, but that's what I did. And, you know, I put that, I put that in a rucksack and I, I went on down the road and, um, with dealing with my loss of him, I was just like, I've got to address it. And so I, you know, I've done psychedelic therapy, you know, there's tons of organizations people should look at. Vets is a good one. Heroic Hearts and The Mission Within. I can't recommend them enough. And um, they've changed my life. But it, since then, I'm learning new coping mechanisms that are not suppressants of feelings. And so, um, and trying to be more honest and more vulnerable, I was like, do I talk about this? Um you know, do I talk about this on like my Instagram page or my Facebook? I don't know. It feels weird. I don't know. I, I don't like to do things that I feel performative or I feel or disingenuous, but like, I just, I didn't think about it. And, uh, I found this video online and it's Billy Bob Thornton talking about his brother dying and like how he's like, there's just a melancholy in me that doesn't go away. And I was just like, that's it. That's, that's it. I wish I could find who made it. I, I don't know. I've looked for way too long, but, um, I was just like, you know what? I talked and my wife helped me as she does with everything. It's really good. She helps me really find my center. Um, I was like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm going to put this up. I just want you to like, whenever I feel like there's a veteran with a sign. So there is a character that I made. It's like a hyper hyperbole of me, at least I hope it is, is like me turned all the way up. Like it's someone who's like, yeah, get some. That's like his response to everything in my head. Like he refers to himself as a warfighter. It's like, you know, Gallagher. And, um, but whenever those lines merge between Zach and the warfighter or they blur, I always try to bring her into it. Like, you know, and, um, she helped me and gave me some, basically like cut the thing in half and like put it back together. And she's like, this is, I think this is what you're trying to say. And I was like, yeah, it is. And so I put it up and I was just like, boom. And I got in the car and me and my, my kid went to go do some stuff. And uh, I think since then it's been viewed like 3 million times. And like none of them are my audience at all. Only like 40 
thousand people that follow me have seen it. The rest are just it. It's just like gone far and wide, and like to a point to where like I can open up my phone right now and people are still sharing it. They're still commenting. They're still looking at it, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's interesting." So like when I think about expansion, I think about that. Is like I've shifted to this point now to where like my brand initially was developed as someone who is going to make commentary on military veteran culture and then mental health, and so now it's shifted to where like. I'm ex- I've expanded that inadvertently um, to where like I'm I don't want to say I'm a subject matter expert, but people like tend to like um, hmm, know that it comes from a real place. Does that make sense? It, like it does. I'm, I'm not doing things to perform. Like I was literally like because if you look at what I'm doing, a friend of mine runs a marketing company. It was like it looks insane. Like it looks. Because, like, I post at weird times. Like, I do whatever I want. I just kind of move with the beat of my, my heart. And uh, I don't know. But, I mean. Well, that's the transparency aspect of it. That's the authentic aspect of it. Um, shutting this door, sorry. Um, no. That's the, that's, the, that's the transparency aspect of it, the authentic aspect of it. And you also said something interesting there. You said, you know, in, inadvertently. I think we live in very objectively strange times. I know every, you know, every, every, Every generation says that. Oh, kids these days. But that's not true. That's not. That's. But that's not true. Like Gen X wasn't really that strange. Like, what was strange about it? Nirvana made music. Like, it's not that. Like, (laughs) like, for sure. And it's like, and right now it's super strange. And I think I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, and I I promise I'll bring it back, or at least I'll try it. If I don't, we can figure it out together. But uh, right now, as of this, so this this podcast is going live in August. Um, But as of this recording, the 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 tragedy of the the. that submarine is happening right now, right? And yes. just got notifications this morning that the oxygen probably ran out. Yes. And it's it's a really strange time and place on Twitter right now where you see three camps of people. You see a uh, camp of people who say these people are rich, privileged, dumb, and bored, and so therefore they deserve to die. Then you have mm-hmm. the people who are going against that who say we don't value adventurism anymore. We don't value the fact that people who do crazy things should be praised just mm-hmm. for the fact that they do crazy things. And like, that's amazing because most of us are scared to do those things. And then the third camp of people who are just trolling all of that, right. And just yeah. making fun and memeing and, and doing all of that. And it's, I was actually talking to my brother right before we were recording and all three of the, like we live in the strangest possible mm-hmm. times that those three discourses are happening at the same time and overlapping while a very, very odd piece of news is happening around one of the, one of the most important American landmarks i'll say that through the titanic of, of all time it's just it is it's very very strange and so people who look at, at your account and and what it's able to do in terms of the views it's able to garner and you said it right like there's some of it's your audience but most of it just gets shared so it's other people people don't actually understand that when you created a character mm-hmm. and you know when to deploy that character that is mm-hmm. transparent and authentic because you know where to put that character and then you also know where where Zach is. And then when you don't know where Zach is, you have the resources in your family yeah. and, and just outside to figure out, okay, I'm not sure where this is. Like, wh- where is this? Where's all this intersecting? What do I do here? That is like tr- being truly authentic and transparent about where you're at, what you're doing and how you're trying to communicate these things. You're not trying too hard in any one of those things. D- does any of that make sense? Yeah. I can definitely tell you're successful in marketing. Um, <laughs> well, no. So yeah, I mean, because there are, we have freedom of speech. We don't have freedom of consequences. And just because right. the thing is happening doesn't mean everyone has to comment on it. Like I made the video about the Titanic thing 
because like I just found it interesting and my wife was yep. like, this is actually interesting. And I was like, yeah, yep. it is. And I more than anyone value adventurism and I don't want to hear anybody tell me anything that hasn't done anything that makes your heart skip a beat. Like if you haven't like signed a waiver, I just don't respect you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe because like ultimately you don't even know who you are is what is the reality of it. Like when I went skydiving on my birthday, like I could have died, it, but you can, you can literally die on a cheeseburger. You can die like walking, like, um, you know, I've, there's so many other things that can happen, but you know, that intersection stuff you talk about, like, when and when not to make commentary it really it really really came ahead um when the withdrawal happened and um uh it's it's so weird i mean like you know when they talk about the vietnam war they say it was televised and it was not televised it was recorded and then they edited it like so when they're like, oh, it was televised. <laughs> like, dude, some guy was chopping that stuff up. It wasn't really what was happening. Um, and there's tons of documentary footage that's proven that afterwards. But like, we live in an age now where everything really was real time being uploaded. There were people on the ground with the withdrawal and everything. And it was such a horrible, horrible event. And, um, you know, actually, um, Tyler Vargas Andrews um, will soon be retiring, which will mark the last retirement of the war um, in Afghanistan, the global war on terror, which is the official end of an era. He's the last person to be injured from the war, and he's still alive. And he's one of the best Americans of all time. Like, he is the very best of us. And um, so all that was happening, and I, I felt... I felt uncomfortable. I felt, like, really uncomfortable. And... Um, I was, I was like, I don't know. I started writing some stuff down, and my wife was like, what do you think? And I was like, what about this? What about that? And then um, she was like, well, I think you should say something. And she's, she's always there, like in every aspect of my life. She's seen – this is a metaphor for life. Find someone who sees the best version of you that you don't know exists. Because she's been able to see that in me that I've never known. And um, even when I was like, I want to join the Marines, we were dating. She's like, I think you can do it. And uh, everyone else around me wasn't echoing that sentiment. But um, I'm probably just on a mission to impress her forever. But I, I'm okay. It's a worthy cause. But she's like, I really think you should say, like, step forward. And I was like, okay. And... Um, so I, I wrote it down. I was just like, you know, Jamerson president means, you know, got, I got your back means some more than others. And that was, I remember that. That was at 12 o'clock on whatever day it was. I don't know what day it was. But I uploaded it and I was just like, okay. And I, like, I t we took the photo. I took off my sunglasses. I started my car because it was, and I went to grab my bag and she was like, whoa. And I was like, what? And she's like, it's, People were in, looking at this, and I looked at it, and in 10 minutes, it had a 1,000 likes, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, over the next few, like, I think it was like 15,000, I think, I think 10, 15,000 people, and, like, that's, that's where I'm always weary, but, like, sometimes there's something out there. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's divine intervention 
whatever people want to call it. But like, I just felt this like, man, like I can't be the only person that feels this. And so I just threw it up and I just threw it up. And like, literally everyone, people say this, but like, I don't know if they really mean it, but like the reality is the things that I put the least amount of like sweat equity in perform the best. And maybe that's because you're not overthinking it. I don't know if it's like a placebo effect, but like that again, whenever I just move with the beat of my heart, like things, things tend to happen. So I am always hesitant of that just in general, because like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Zach to be the center of what we're doing, of what I'm doing. I want it to be, I want it to be the, the idea, the warfighter. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, th- I mean, I think there's certainly like the woo kind of interpretation of that, but I, I think more at a more granular level, it's probably when you're really good at what you do and when you put a lot of reps into it and you put a lot of sweat equity into just it as a project in general and other things, then the beat of your heart is going to tell you every once in a while, it's going to tell you to write something and Mm. you're going to write that. And that's what's, that's, what's going to do well. It's, 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 it's less like magic and more mechanics, right? It's just like you're engaging in this process over time consistently. And so then some are going to hit and some aren't. And you're, you're also, it doesn't sound like, you know, it doesn't sound like you're trying to figure that out too much. You're just like, no, I don't I, well, I, following the beat of your heart. Well, I mean, there, there, there are very, very simple things that I could do to play. Like if I really wanted to like ramp stuff up tomorrow, I could just be like super conservative or super liberal, which by the sure. way is incredibly lame for both of them. <laughs> like totally. the idea of like placating to like one political ideology or the next, because they have different color ties that they should care more about you. Miss me with that well, nonsense. The, like, the number of times on both sides of something where I've seen somebody post something really interesting and nuanced and mm-hmm. something that I appreciate. And I, I, I look at it and then I follow them and then I see they're just, it's all left stuff or all right stuff. I'm like, oh, you just, you got lucky with one of the nuanced things. Unfollow. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, well, there's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems, it just seems like a sad existence. If I'm being completely honest, if you're like leaning one side, politically or the other because like what you're what you're saying unconsciously or subconsciously is you're closing yourself off to new ideas and that's a sad existence um you know because like i on paper probably should be like more conservatively based in a lot of ways you know i come from like a very uh working class lower poor to working class background you know, from the South, blah, blah, blah. Like I, but then like you hit him with a curveball, but like, but he was in the New York times. And they're like, what do we do with him? <laughs> so like, We hate him, you know? And so like, um, it's, it's, um, it's a thing of that. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not ever going to do anything like that. Um, that's, that's worse than performative. That's being a sellout. But um, what I will do is I will, continue to use the platform I've got to try and hold myself and, and others accountable because ultimately if if I can speak more honestly about my time in service and my time afterwards which is my which which is my greatest focus right now I've noticed that that's where I had the greatest issues that's where everyone does is that that first civilian enlistment whatever it is and it has gotten and this is I don't want to downplay it but like it is significantly easier now to transition. It was also easier for me and you to transition than it was for Vietnam veterans. But like 
I mean, when they opened up the book to give me a VA home loan, they had to find it. They literally had an encyclopedia. Now I get junk mail on it. So there is there are some upsides to it, but the issues are still the same. You might be able to get a job faster. doesn't mean you'll be happier. doesn't mean you'll find a network or a community or all these different things. And so that's what I'm working on now is like really expansion and really trying to flesh out that experience more from people that have like done it. Like, like you, like I want to hear what's it like being you know, a military veteran and like you're working in this, you know, very PR world. Like how do you like when they say, Hey, we've got an idea. We're going to put so-and-so on a, a can. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we should like, um, like or like whatever it is like there's these things that are done because in marketing marketing is media in a lot of ways you know and um especially now with uh i wonder if everyone will still be on strike when this is recorded but time will tell yeah i don't know it's it's it's, that's all really interesting stuff i mean a fun aside about the the person on the can that i was the first producer at that agency internally at that organization i'm not not saying it on purpose i don't care but it's just like uh, uh, either way but like yeah i mean you you see you how quickly there? things i did yeah that was my my i was freelancing i had a film school got out of the military went to film school got out of film school worked in hollywood for a little bit very low level left hollywood went to new york and i was freelancing and that was like my first sort of it wasn't a full-time gig it was like i i got it in three months three month contracts yeah, but the yeah. ad agent the ad agency that I was working at, we built the internal digital studio, the, you built the, the assets, internal yeah. digital. Yeah. At, at Anheuser-Busch. And so like, but i worked on Bud Light and Michelob Ultra and Natty Light and all of that, like did their first Super Bowl commercial, like all that stuff. Like, and then, and then I've obviously since moved on and, and worked on other things. And, uh, and so to, to see all that happen, you know, this last year is just kind of like just bizarre because you, you see people to your point, you see people respond left and right about these things. And you're like, okay, well, none of you actually understand how it works and how those decisions get made. You're just, you're just giving commentary mm-hmm. on like, cause yeah. you hear it all the time, right? People are like, how, how can, how can 12 people sit in a room and make a decision to do this thing? And then somebody yeah. tweets out the picture of the people. Those are my fucking friends. Like I know, I know, I know yeah. three or four of those people. I know I them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like, yeah. So I actually know how that decision gets made, whether I agree with it or not is, is neither here nor there, but to your point, at least there's some skin in the game or there has been some skin in the game to kind of understand how these things work instead of just doing cultural commentary on whether or not, you know, it's appropriate or inappropriate. Well, I have my opinion, I mean, but I'll keep it to myself. Yeah. I mean, so I, I have much more respect for the creators like you and hopefully I'm a creator. I don't know if I am, but hopefully I am. Definitely. Um, but what's what what is what is most fascinating about this is that they will do like case studies about this in business school. They will talk about right. it because like the most interesting thing, regardless of like your political beliefs or whatever, I'm not going into that. Is that the head of marketing not only doubled down, but she insulted her customer base, and she's yeah. like, "We we don't want you. We don't want people like when you're trying to grow to a new audience, you don't say, listen here, you idiots. I don't need <laughs> right. you anymore. Yeah. I don't need you anymore. Yeah. I want them.'" You don't insult your current customer base while trying to acquire a new one. That's the thing yeah. that's been most fascinating to me. Like not yeah. not not the can, not all the stuff associated with it. That someone who's from a very prestigious, multiple—I think she went to like Wharton Business School or something. Yep. Which, by the way, business school is a joke. Um, I know I went to it, but that she was like, "Hey, I don't need you, stupid morons who drink Bud Light anymore. I want everyone yeah. else." And that, yeah. that was the thing 
I, I guarantee that's when the board was like, hey, she's going to go. <laughs> like, yeah, we well, and that's that. We can't insult our current customer base and belittle them while trying to acquire a new one. So that's yeah, just the most fascinating that, thing. No, totally. And that's, that's, that's what I was trying to drive at was that these are human, like, it's very easy to dehumanize people from the outside and say, I can't yeah. believe, or even what you just said, which I agree with for what it's worth. I totally agree with like, that's the, 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 what you're driving at is the important thing is like, these are human beings who are mm -hmm. making human decisions mm -hmm. and they're like, whether the decisions are influenced by politics or not pretty clearly are in this particular case, that's still a human being making that decision. And so we should be like, I think I, I prefer to have your perspective, which is curious and fascinated by this to better understand it so that yeah. we can be better next time something like this happens or, or, some, or we're, we're given the opportunity to sit in one of those rooms and have a perspective because the number of people that are like, oh, I totally would have said something. I would have said that's a bad idea. Would you? Have you ever been in a boardroom where you're making a decision that affects? Yeah, yeah it's really it's fucking scary. scary. Especially yeah. in a time where like industries are uh, opening and closing at the you know skip of a beat because of technology. Yeah. And like ultimately, like most people aren't, the hero that they believe to be. I mean, I got in trouble once because I said I wanted to use Google Documents at a company I was at, and they said they didn't want me on the internet. And I said, well, <laughs> like, um, that company doesn't exist anymore. So, um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like, so I, I, I do, I try to come up, I, I'm just fascinated by like her position afterwards. Like yeah. in the wake of it, she was the thing that like hit the gas in my opinion, being like, Oh yeah, we don't want you. We want new customers. Yeah. And I was like, dude, yeah. everyone wants new customers. Everyone yeah. wants to sell more of a thing, but you don't insult your base. Um, the funniest, yeah, the funniest commentary videos I saw on that was all the people being like, "Oh, let me let me go into my fridge to uh, throw it on my Bud Light," and they'd open it and there's no Bud Light. And they're like, "Oh, that's right, I don't drink Bud Light." Those were the best ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. but like that's the thing. So that's that's what's that's what's so weird about right now as a whole is like now more than ever your dollars have like this um, social equity. Ooh, I like that. They have social equity in like ways that are intended and unintended. So like on the flip side of that, everyone's beating up Bud Light for this stuff right now. All of July, they give away an enormous amount of money to Folds of Honor. And yep. like in an amazing organization, they're doing a lot of really cool things. They're, you know, providing scholarships for... Um, Disabled veterans, military first and military and now first responders to go to college. Like my children will actually be able to benefit from Folds of Honor. And my wife, if she wants to go to college, shoot, same thing. So um, like that stuff exists too. And so it's like, okay, like I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. I just I, I I just find it fascinating. I do just remember a time where like you could just buy stuff and it wasn't that political, but I don't know if yeah, I'm, I'm not. We we may have uh, we may have crossed the Rubicon there, where I'm not yeah. sure that things can be neutral anymore. You know, and I don't even know what that necessarily means. And um, you know, I, I, I mean, reckon we could probably dissect yeah. it for hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm doing it right now. I have a coffee mug that's a grenade. So like, <laughs> right. but it holds a lot of coffee. That was the only thing, the only decision I made. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I look at all yeah. this stuff now, I look at like the intended and unintended consequences of things I make and things I put out into the universe. And then like some of it, some of it is really just me goofing. Like if it's late, if it's late, like I'll post weird stuff, but then like some stuff, it just like comes to me. But, you know, lately I have found that 
when when I'm unsure, not lately, when I when I am unsure, my wife has always really been someone I can really bounce stuff off of. But um, now I'm in a place where I'm just trying to really just expand and really kind of flesh out the ideas a little more. Um, but any anything specific on the horizon on the long form side or, or any of this that you that you can or want to talk about right now or I'm I'm trying to develop a YouTube page. Um, that is the hard part too. It is just me. It is really just me with a hundred thousand plus on Facebook, one hundred and fifty thousand plus on Instagram, you know, twenty two thousand here, there, and other places. Um, it's a lot. It's very overstimulating. It's it is toxic. So you have to like know that every time. So you pick up your phone, it's a little poisonous, but, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to like move that forward. So I'm, I'm looking at developing like a podcast concept that I feel is more, uh, well-rounded, um, about transition and stuff like, um, not, nothing as good as you, but I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> You know, I've got a project I'm working on right now with Eric Bartel with Rated Red. They're, they just established, reestablished themselves. We're doing some stuff with them. That's fun. It's just making content. I really look at it as like a way to like continue to grow as a creator and yeah. like learn more about content creation and more like um, professional environment. Like, you know, there's like producers and, you know, editors and videographers and stuff. And like it's a yeah. real production company. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I might start gaming and other stuff. Who knows? Nice. I, I'm really just trying to like continue to push growth um, and expansion uh, to a point to where like it's not on autopilot. A lot, a lot of the content is on autopilot. If I'm being honest, but um, so the challenge is understanding the way the the medium changes. But um, really, it's it's for me to like. I'm much more concerned about the feedback loop of that I feel is important, which is, you know, like you, you, trolls are such a big trend on the internet now. That's how most people really build their followings is like trolling or like smart trolling. They'll like be hyperbolic and that's fine. But um, I'm trying to, the quality of stuff I'm looking at is like the way people are interacting with each other. That's, that's the only real feedback loop I, I worry about, if that makes sense. No, it, it totally makes sense. And I obviously I've followed for a while and, and, um, so, and I, so hard. I, I love the, love the content and, uh, and having yeah. this conversation, I love to hear about the way that you do it and, and, and the way that you're, you're trying to, trying to not try, but also still work hard. Right. Which is a really, it's a really tough thing to do authentically. And I think you do it. Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad it's out there and I'm, I'm glad that we get to have this conversation, hopefully first of of many and obviously if there's anything on any of that front that I can that I can help with let's definitely chat offline and figure yeah. out ways to support each other but um For sure. but I um uh, I, I love it and I, I appreciate your your time on this I do want to wrap things up here and respect your time um I would ask where folks can find you but you are a veteran with a sign so but where where yes. what are all the channels that you're most active on and and do you have the YouTube yet that you want to yeah you no, link so to I have I have YouTube um I, with there I'm just really working on like optimization YouTube and from what I can tell, I think might be the future of entertainment, especially as writer strikes, actor strikes, all that stuff's continued. looks like it's yep. going to happen if it hasn't happened already. Um, but there's just a real market opportunity for content creators, in my opinion. So yep, uh, 
yeah, veteran with the sign on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know, we're 30 year olds ago. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok. That's awesome. All right. Well, so the, there's one kind of open-ended question. We've covered a lot of ground here um, uh-huh. already, but there's one open-ended question that I've been asking to, 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 to end each podcast. And that's um, what's on your heart and on your mind for, for our community right now, whether it's a piece of advice, something you just want to get off your chest, what's, what's mm. on your heart, what's on your mind. Mm. All right. Um, Hmm. I would say like, don't be, don't, don't be afraid of failing. Be afraid of not trying. It's my biggest thing lately. If there's one thing that's been taught, everything I have right now can go away tomorrow and I can build something else. I don't really care, but I do know I'm having a really great adventure and, uh, I think everyone has that opportunity if they're just not afraid to fail. And so, and my metric of failure for so long for what, well, for this is that the family would be not being happy and I'm happier than I've ever been. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Well said. There's a lot of people out there. I think in our community who um, will ask for whether it's advice or a suggestion or, Mm-hmm. advice or suggestion is given and they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that because such and such might happen. It's like, well, you got to go put one foot in front of the other and try something and see what happens because you know, you might find the beat of your heart and, and yeah. that's what's going to take you where you want to go. Yeah. See, yeah. You're better at this than me. So like, like I said, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, listen, Zach, um, sincerely appreciate the time. I'm glad we got yes. connected and, uh, very, very excited to put this out. And, uh, Send some spicy clips out on on IG that I think might get both of us in trouble. But, you know, who knows? We'll find out. I don't care. All right, brother. We'll see you. Yes, sir. Thank you.